Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blind Shots Podcast. I'm your host, David Hill, coming to you from the 16th tee at Southern Pines Golf Club, the veritable heart and traffic hub of one of the grand old ladies of the North Carolina Sandhills. This is episode 24. It's round three of the American Pinehurst Roundtable with our friends Matt and Fred. In this episode, we compare and contrast two courses that I strained to find some nominal similarities, but in reality, couldn't be much more different. I'm talking about Donald Ross's aforementioned Southern Pines Golf Club and Reese Jones's renovated new course at Talamore Resort, both in Southern Pines, North Carolina. Both courses benefit from tremendous vertical movement, both within many holes from tee to green and more generally across the entire properties. Though, after thinking about this episode, that may be where the similarities end. Talamore presents an utterly pleasant, almost sleepy ride through 18 quality holes. It's modern and manicured with plenty of strategy derived from today's modern aerial game. Not quite a golf course caricature set in a housing development, it certainly has its highlights and hero shot opportunities, but the place is just so daggum green. Southern Pines, on the other hand, plays as a course that's time-scarred and battle-tested. It looks spartan and tough and a bit more rugged than the other courses on the tourist circuit down there in the Pine Hills area, though that aesthetic may be coming to a close as the course is currently undergoing a renovation and rejuvenation by noted Pinehurst architect Kyle Franz, who you may have heard of uh, when he previously brought the Sand Hills scraped sand and native grass aesthetic to the Pinehurst courses to mid-pines and pine needles. Pay no attention to the relatively short scorecard yardage at Southern Pines. If a little breeze shows up, you'll walk away wondering how on earth that course just got the best of you. Talking about these two courses with Matt and Fred bring back plenty of great memories and a few deeper thoughts about golf trips and the Sand Hills in general that I'm happy we ventured into. Before we get to the show, a reminder that the Blind Shots podcast is a member of the Talking Golf Network of Shows, which you can find at TalkingGolf.com, just one G, where you'll find some of the best golf podcasts made. The most recent episode of State of the Game podcast was exquisite, with host Rod Morey, Jeff Shackelford, and Michael Clayton welcoming in PGA Tour veteran and Golf Channel announcer Phil Blackmar to the show for a discussion much more existential than simple war stories from Phil's playing days. Do give it a listen. You'll thank me later. You can interact with this show on Twitter at BlindShotsPod as well as on Instagram, and I'd encourage you to do so. A reminder that the Blind Shots podcast is sponsored by me, David Hill. In addition to playing, talking, and writing about golf, I'm a licensed Kentucky realtor with Rector Hayden Realtors. I work with homeowners buying and selling their homes and also work with investors and businesses on commercial properties here in central Kentucky. You can find my contact information at davidhill.rhr.com. Housing supply is tight around central Kentucky, just like everywhere else. If you want some advice navigating these times, buy me a virtual cup of coffee and let's talk about it. And with that, without any further delay, back to the roundtable with our friends, Fred and Matt. So, Fred, if you'll start us off with that, sort of your overall impressions and, and maybe what you remember from Southern Pines the most. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. As we were saying earlier, I I thoroughly enjoy Southern Pines. Um, we went down the first time. I, I, you know, really enjoyed it. I mean, when we went down, as you said, the conditions were not ideal, we'll call them. Um, they you, you could definitely see that there was a lot of um, upkeep that that had fallen off and, and a lot of wear and tear too. Uh, I remember, as you said, it, I think that course is pretty loved down there and um, I think it showed some of the some of the play that it had had. Um, you mentioned the greens and stuff and when those greens are struggling the, the grass is struggling to, to grow, even fixed ball marks you know don't heal real quickly. Um, when we went down the second time, you know, that was probably the first thing that I noticed uh, that was the biggest difference. You know, I, that first green, you know, I think my first putt went probably uh, 20 feet by. Um, I was totally surprised at how how those how those balls were running out. Um, but this second time down, I, I think I told you guys earlier, I, I have, you know, I have fallen in love with that course. I mean, that is um, – 
I I enjoy almost every hole in that course. You know, there's always there's always holes on courses where you know you're like, you know what, I can I can take it or leave it. Maybe, there might be one of those for me there. Um, uh, every hole I could go out and play a couple times and not get bored with it because I think I would probably play it differently almost every time. Um, thoroughly enjoyed. You know the 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 atmosphere in there. Um, you can tell that there's some um, there's some really good players that come in and out of there. The groups that were in front of us when we played the second time, um, there there were good players that were lined up to play that morning. Um, I I can't wait to see you know how this course kind of maybe flourishes under that new ownership. Um, you know, we had seen mid pines a couple of times. We've seen pine needles a couple of times and those conditions on those courses is always, you know, impeccable. You know, there's, there's a lot of pride. They have a lot of pride. You know, even the guys in the clubhouse have a lot of pride in, in the courses, you know, that they're at. Um, I, I can't wait to see how that, you know, how that transfers over to, to Southern pines. Matt, as far as vibe and, and what you remember kind of fearfully from from Southern Pines, what are your one or two things that, that really, when I say Southern Pines, what jumps out in your memory bank? Um, I would say that it, I, Fred's absolutely right as far as the condition. Again, I I didn't, uh, didn't get to make that second trip down there with you. I told Fred yesterday that I am appropriately jealous. Um, of you guys getting to go down there excited for you, but you know, jealous. Um, and from, from my one trip down there, I will tell you that the, by the, we were on the second hole and I distinctly remember it was in a shape that I kind of looked around and went, what are we doing? Like, you know, we it, don't get me wrong. You know, it, it, it just got off to a bit of a rough start. And I will tell you that by the middle of that course, I had entirely forgotten that idea. Um, and I think I think Southern Pines has one of the best middle sections of a golf course that I've played recently. Um, I, I honestly feel about the start kind of the same way I felt about Ely over in Scotland, where the first couple holes were almost – they just didn't line up to me with the rest of what they had going on. Um, one is is fine, and two they're, they're both fine. One and two are fine, but they just they don't scream a lot of of the same vibe that that you know. Once you get, especially, it starts to me around four ish. Three's fine. You know, three's nice. Fours get gets better. By the time you get to five, I think you're on a different course than you were for the first couple holes. And then by the time you're at, you know, anywhere eight through 12, um, <clears throat> I think that's really the strength of that course. The, the ending is, is okay too. Um, but I don't think it's quite as much as that middle section. Like you said, with the, with the elevation changes on some of those that, that par three come, was it 13 maybe coming back? Um, <clears throat> Yeah, the Where big one up that, the hill. Yeah, big one, Yeah, that big carry up there uh, turned it into 14. And, and when we were playing it that day, it was the classic, you know, sun beneath the shooting through the side of the pine trees um, with that, you know, that, that kind of real long runway of a fairway there. Um, you know, I think I think that to me, when I think of Southern Pines, that middle section is what you know, what really jumps out to me. And we said it that day. The, uh, I mean, the condition was struggling a little bit at that time, but even then you could tell the bones of that, of that course are, are fabulous. And the, the, the backbone they have to work with is going to give them a real opportunity to make it pretty darn special. You know, Matt, I, I wonder if part of what your experience was – yes, I agree. Southern Pines didn't have a rugged aesthetic the first time we saw it. It was just rugged. You know, its grass was, was yeah. just struggling. Yeah, there, there's a difference between that that kind of scraped well, sand, yeah, well welcoming – right, well well organized. We're gonna, you know, the, the, the native – grasses are 18 inches apart all the way through to make a nice even thing the thing going on at pine needles versus 
you know what that's shady we're just not going to grow grass right there that's a, that, that's a very different aesthetic i wonder if the fact that southern pines was our swan song so we played a scramble on the back nine you know that was poles what's the math 63 through 72 for the trip actually more than that because of the the first day so you know one of my Memories and one of the things I hoped to recreate but couldn't on our around there recently was watching you drive the ball. You know, you put on a display for our team. Um, you know, swinging out of your shoes, connecting and hitting just huge drives, and it, it's a course given to you know. It, other than seventeen, uh, it's a fairly you know Southern Pines is a fairly short golf course. Maybe. Um, Maybe 13 and 14, those two holes that go up away from the water and back. Okay, th- those play a little bit long, um, but and 17. But otherwise, that is a, in my mind, on the scorecard, it's a very gettable course. Now the elevation change makes say, makes that. They do an excellent job with some of those distances getting. There's getting a lot of hidden, a lot of hidden yardage on the scorecard because of a lot of the greens are pushed way up in the air. They're just the, whatever natural site that Ross found in that routing was someplace, which is, I assume, good for drainage. You got a, you know, you got a green down in the bottom of the valley. It's what's going to flood versus, uh, and there's you know plenty of drainage issues around there. But I wonder if you kind of checking out from those greens or those approach shots colored your your experience because the last five or six holes, Fred, what our experience was is, okay, I would take my swing and, and Jared would take his swing and then Matt would just bomb one out there. It may have been reversed. Like he just would bomb one out there and then we got to swing out of our shoes as hard as we could, not hit as good a drive as him. And then he was spent. Like he could have spent the rest of the hole in the cart for all it, it, that, that matters. That was my job. My job was to get yeah. off the tee and show you the line and not make the putt. Yeah, that's, his, that's his back and shoulders could only take so much. Um, and that that was to the extreme the last five or six holes. But I'm with you. You know, you get from you go up that hill on four. Four is just a beastly hole, you know, because it's always wet down there in the landing area. And then you've got that hard uphill approach to a huge deep green um, with several sections. But then you start five, and I think that's where the golf course really the personality really comes out. Um, the the angles. The, the landing areas get a little wider, but the angles might get a little more important, you know, into the greens. Um, now, you do have some forced carries there, unlike uh, maybe you would down the street at Mid Pines or, or Pine Needles. But a it, yeah, a couple, but a, a, just a really fun. It looks, if you're hitting your ball that day, it's a really fun course to drive, or at least it looks like it. Now, I've not had good fortune of, of hitting many good drives at that course, but still, just the way. It, it sets up and watching some other guys play it. That's that's something I'll always take away from it. That that especially on the back nine, um, that that's a good driving hole. It's fun off the tee. It looks inviting off the tee. Now, some of that, you know, Donald Ross is a real son of a gun, um, as as Matt knows, uh, <laughs> and that's so he he lulls you in. He does. Um, important to note, halfway house, the, the course, it's a 27-hole course, but there are only, or at least it was built as a 27-hole course, but only 18 of the holes remain. Um, and you can see that on that back stretch of 12 and 13 up there, kind of by themselves. If you look off the tees and behind that green, you can see the, the plain corridors for other golf holes that, you know, it's a, a golf hole graveyard. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what they make of that property. You know, it, there's no housing there now that I can recall. You've got a train track across one side, and it's kind of a – now it looks like a very weird routing. If you look at the, the satellite image, you're like, well, why in the world would they go there? These must be the 18 best golf holes they could find, and it's just really weird. Well, no, there were – there's a whole other section um, east of there. I wasn't sure if you guys knew the the greens weren't Donald Ross greens, or not all of them. A guy came in in the 90s, uh, John LaFoy, and redid some of them. And there's there is a little bit of a modern feel. I mean, it doesn't feel like Pine Needles to me or, or Pinehurst uh, in that respect. And very frankly, number two, the second green, it's a par five up green way up on top of the hill. Had the it, it just screams of the 16th green at Tobacco Road to me, and this is why. Uh, 
we had one of our days, we called it a front pin position there. And if you're – and by front pin position, I mean it was like six feet from the approach. And the approach was six feet from running down the hill. So if you were above the hole at all, I literally putted – at least 90, maybe 100 degrees away from the hole, hoping to go out to the side, take some speed off the ball, and maybe it would end up on the green. I got lucky and kept it on the approach, but um, you know that's that's a slope I don't think even Ross would have put into a green. Um, so it made for it, you know it made for laughs, but not necessarily for scoring. Were there were there any features of you know other than just the the rugged conditioning? that you remember of that course, good or bad, just something that jumps out and says, hey, now that's that's something. That's something I've not seen before, or maybe I have seen before, and what's it doing here? I think they do an excellent job with the par threes on this course. There are there are some that are, you know, a take, take quite a bit to get to, right? you got um, nine is a, is a, you know, a solid shot over water i think i remember there being a bunker in front of that green too at least on the front front side or something um and and i don't remember it being particularly deep so that was i remember that one being kind of a beast obviously the one we talked about earlier 13 or whatever it is um six is beastly uh, or seven i guess seven with a big force carry not had a little bailout area but yeah that's a a mid or long iron all the way into a big green yeah, they 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 don't. There's not a lot of gimmies out there when it comes to the par threes for sure, um, which is interesting. I think when you consider, you know, you've got multiple 340 or so yard par fours there. So you know they're going to take the par threes and stretch you out, and then the par fours you're going to, you know, you're going to come in with a wedge. Um, so I thought that they, again, just a very interesting little contrast. Um, you, you had mentioned like you know the force carries and stuff, and I was thinking about that. And then you went and mentioned um, you know number two green, reminding you a little bit of sixteen at Tobacco Road, and that kind of connected another dot in my head here. Um, there are force carries at Southern Pines, but they are force carries um, for the most part only visually, because I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know what? I didn't have any problem carrying any anything there off the tee. So there's holes there that that you're standing on the tee, and and the, and the trouble was right there. Just a lot like how, you know, Tobacco Road shows you all the trouble that's there, um, and intimidates you with it. Those those force carries at at Southern Pines kind of did the same thing. They show you that it's there. But, I mean, if I'm able, you know, to hit comfortably over those, I mean, you know, how how much of a force carry is that really going to be? Because, um, I mean, like, there's one on six with that old-fashioned swirling pit of uh, drainage in that pond that sounds like some giant elephant farting constantly while you're trying to hit the golf ball. Glub, 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 glub. <laughs> I mean, it's just... I mean, so that's a force carry, but I mean, it's not, there's nothing there to carry. I mean, that pond you're is hitting close. a driver. Yeah. Yeah, but you've got to um, hit, a, one, you've got to hit a fade. And let me counter with this, Fred. How many woods or hybrids did you hit off the par threes, though? Hmm. Um, off of the par threes, I probably hit uh, one or two, seven woods. Um, I know I did on for sure on nine, as Matt mentioned, that's a long one. And I think the one over the water, uh, I think, what is that? 14, uh, 14, 14? Yeah. 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 One, yeah. yeah. I think I hit seven wood there too. Um, but I think that was the only, the only two. Okay. Um, now I, I hit plenty of, uh, seven woods and a couple three woods into par threes too, though. Um, but again, you know, the other force carry that comes to mind is um, is eleven, right? So you have you have the par three ten, then you have the one coming to the little halfway house, mm-hmm. and then you're sitting there. Now I hit, I had a good driver, and I'm well up in the middle of the fairway the first time around. So I mean, carrying that water 
is is not the problem. You know, it's it's losing that ball after the water is the problem, or the second shot's the problem. Right, and, and I think one of the because there's so much vertical movement from tee to fairway and fairway to green. I think in the tradition that of what I liked at at Mid Pines and what I like at at Tobacco Road. As you mentioned, there are lots of obscured views. What what you can see, your, your eye doesn't like. You know, it's okay. There's an angle where I've got to move the ball away that maybe I'm not comfortable. Maybe I, I don't hit a, a fade very easily, and I've got to turn the ball left to right here. Or, uh, you know, you're down in a fairway, but you've got a you can see the flag, but you can't see the putting surface, or you can only see part of it, and it turns out that's the way back where you don't want to be, or something like that. So there, are lots of little visual cues and visual tricks pete Dye would be proud you know the, the way that routing is that you there's just a lot of uncomfortable you know there's not a terrible ton of flat lies even in the fairways because you're always you're cambered up and down or left to right or vice versa on so many shots especially your irons and i that you know we you talked earlier about i <clears throat> i was hitting it really well off the tee and you know i was putting all right but I, I I don't know that I hit a good iron for the last 12 holes. Um, and a lot of that, I think, well, part of it was, like you said, it's whole, you know, the, the very end of day three. So, you know, from a physical fitness standpoint, I'm not exactly uh, at the top of my game at that point. Um, but I think a lot of it, too, was, like you said, either I was hitting the ball above my feet or below my feet or on the side of a hill or... There was just something about, even if I had a flat lie, it's like the hole kind of tilted on me from a visual standpoint, and so it felt like it wasn't flat or something like that. Um, I, I don't remember having very many iron shots that I was particularly comfortable with over the, the better part of that round. And, and that's part of that hidden defense. It doesn't show up on the scorecard looking at it, but... Just the fact that you never get that flat lie. And I mentioned Pete Dye here just because several of his courses, of his really good courses, are kind of masters of that, where you, uh, the wolf out of Paiute in Las Vegas. But it's not the course that, that we played, Matt. It's the kind of what they call the big course out there. And it is just all micro contours and little humps and bumps and things, almost like the ground at Ely where you have just there's so much rumple that you never have a perfectly flat lie either your your right foot is your front foot is above your back one or you're you're tilted over the ball or away trying to keep your balance just a little bit that and that little five or ten percent discomfort just makes such a huge difference uh, especially on greens at, at southern pines where it does matter whether you're in the front tier or the back tier you know the, the correct relative section of the green um so I'm a fan. I'll be very interested to see what becomes of it. They've retained the same architect, Kyle Franz, is working on it currently. You know, when we were down there, they had started thinning out some of the trees um, next to four and five uh, to thin that to get some light and get some air moving in there, uh, which will be a good thing. More more air and more sunlight will do that course uh, some good as far as keeping the grass in better condition. Yeah, especially on that side of the course too. Or, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, they dug up some of the old drainage uh, on two already where it, it was wet at the bottom and they were, were pulling things out, getting ready to, I guess, assume remedy that or, or change it somehow. Um, it'll be curious to see if they go for that same aesthetic that they've got at their other two properties at Mid Pines um, and, and Pine Needles that's kind of scraped sand um, or whether they just do something different. You know, who's to say? Um, you know, something that is decidedly will shift here. Unless you guys have any other thoughts on Southern Pines, you or, or points you want to make, um, shift from something that is distinctly Southern Pines to something that is distinctly not unique to Southern Pines. Talamore. It's the Talamore new course. It's a, a Reese Jones, uh, a whole new course credited to him. Probably in an older footprint. It is right on kind of the main drag in Southern Pines. It is neighbors with the Mid-South Club uh, and Pine Needles as you're going down Midland Road there in Southern Pines. This was a course we played in the summer as a as the whole the big group. Um, 
what we had the place to ourselves. We literally we were the only people there, which was fun. That's always a, a fun experience. It was as a the remnants of a tropical storm were were hitting the sand hills, so nobody else was going to be dumb enough to be out there. But of course, we were out there. And to their credit, the the pro shop staff and the the grill room staff they were super pleasant. Uh, could not have been more welcoming. Kind of made us their made us members for a day, which is really when you're vagabonds like us, that's the experience you're going for. You know, that's a good day. Um, but this is a modern, very green. Now, yes, it's in the pines and it's got pine straw. But, you know, just kind of looking back through some pictures, it's got good vertical movement, T to green or, or T to fairway and fairway to green. But the aesthetic is distinctly not sand hills. You could, if you flattened it out a little bit, if you stretched the course out and flattened it, it fit in on Hilton Head just fine. It fit in, you know, on the flatlands of of Michigan, just fine. And some, you know, the different breed of pine tree, and that'd be about it. Um, but to a man, when we got done with that, well, maybe it's the hospitality. You know, they fed us barbecue afterwards. That they, that yes. Um, but almost to a man, everyone said, "Yeah, this was really cool. We should come back here. This was a fun course." Uh, again, I think there were some environmental factors. The fact, you know, we we had the place to ourselves. Uh, we could be idiots, even though we weren't. But this, our group isn't prone to bad behavior on the golf course, thank God. Um, but we, you know, there was nobody to tell us otherwise out there, which is, again, that's a fun way to play golf. So, first impressions, what you remember when I, I mentioned Talamore New, other than the barbecue, uh, Matt? I'll let you lead off on this one. Well, I, I appreciate that because I, I have a lot to say about this one actually. Um, I. One of the things that I really enjoyed about this particular course was made very apparent by who I was playing with. That, that our threesome that day. Yeah, don't don't point at yourself. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say something nice about you. Just give me a second, Fred. Um, so yeah, I was playing with Fred May. You know, that's uh, that, I, I won't let that hold me back. Um, but, uh, so it was Fred and I, and then Clay, who's our highest handicapper and I, you know, Fred and I, very different, very different styles. Um, Fred is the most boring golfer in the history of golf. He's down the middle all the time. Um, you know, just, just good short game. Um, you know, I, I have a tendency to, to get a little bit longer off the tee, but also get a little wilder off the tee. Um, but we're both in about the same handicap range. And then obviously we have the high handicapper with us. And I thought the course did an excellent job of suiting all three of us and being an enjoyable playing experience for all three of us. Um, and that's what I think my main takeaway of Talamore is. And I'm going to say this, and I don't mean that it's going to sound negative because this comes with certain connotations, but I do not mean it at all negative. It is like one of the nicest resort courses that that would exist. It is it is welcoming. The fairways are forgiving. The rough there's plenty of it, um, but it's not. <laughs> but it's not. You know, it's not going to jump up and get you kind of a a thing. You know, you don't. I'm sure if they let that sucker grow up, it could it could really it could really eat you up. But they don't. Um, this, there's sand. It's not a ton, but it's very well placed. Um, and they do an excellent job of, of using vertical walls to make it look much larger than it is. Um, so it looks very imposing and then you get into it and you find out it's not actually as bad as you thought. Um, and this, I'm saying that this is not an easy course. You can go out there and blow up easily um you can get yourself in in very bad spots but it, it's long enough to be fun for for people who are long off the tee but it's not so long that that somebody's going to sit there and say oh this is just a this is a bear i was hitting three wood you know driver three wood all day long you're not going to get that um you can there's plenty of trouble to get into but you can get out of it with a good shot. So somebody like a high handicapper is not going to feel like they're just constantly, you know, going through 27 balls in a round. Um, it's got a lot of different things going on it for you that I think keep different skilled level folks, you know, engaged. 
it, were the wait, we'll get to Fred in a second. Were the greens an equalizer for you? I thought the greens were big, and they could you could get if you weren't careful, they could get away from you a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. Um, <clears throat> they are sizable. There's no doubt. I mean, for for somebody who's not the most accurate with the irons, um, yeah. It, again, the part of that great resort course kind of a feel. Um, you can miss a little bit, but you're absolutely right. If you miss in the wrong spot, great, you're on that green. But now you've got a, a 60 footer that bends seven and a half feet. You know, um, you can be in the wrong spot on those greens for sure. It can get away from you a little bit. I agree. Fred, what was your intro to tell more your opening thoughts there? Um, I think I mentioned this earlier, and I don't want I don't want to upset you know anyone, but I I thoroughly enjoy. Kyle Moore, I, I I loved it. To Matt's point, you know, I had a I had a a great time playing golf that day. I mean, it was fun from start to finish. Now, again, that's the course. That's the guys we were playing with. We had a good group. Everybody was not playing great, not playing horrible, but we we had a good time. Um, and it, that being and said, it was the it was the matinee after Tobacco Road. Correct, correct. Um, that. That course is the the least pine Pinehurst course that I've ever played down there. I, I'm sure there's a better way of saying that, but um, you stand there, you play that course, you kind of forget maybe where you're at. You know, most of the courses down there have that same kind of pine tree, pine needles. You know. Um, that kind of feel, you know, not everyone has the scraped sand areas, you know, but, but a lot of them that don't have that, they still have that feel, you know, Southern Pines, we just said didn't have scraped sand areas, but it still had that same kind of feel, right? Um, to both of your points, that course could, you know, we could go and play that course, you know, maybe somewhere else, some, something similar to it. Um, but thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, to Matt's point, you know, it is very welcoming. I think part of the reason why everyone enjoyed it was because it's um, it's um, I'm not going to say easy to play, but it's comfortable to play. We were just saying how uncomfortable some of the shots that we had at Southern Pines or you can get yourself into is there. Um, Matt mentioned the rough. You know, there's some there. But I'm telling you what, th those were some of the better lies that I had on our trip. You know, the, that grass down there just kind of like props up the ball just a little bit. You feel a little more comfortable there, wiggling that three wood out of the out of the uh, the rough rather than the uh, tight fairways. Um, and, and the sand um, had a very different feel with the bunkers as well. Those bunkers there are, are like. Um, um, other courses that you play where they're they're bowls you know they come down and all of those ball you know you hit a ball into one of those bunkers it finds its way to the bottom right, right. and then when you play bottoms. other yeah so so you know the bunker might be 10 yards wide but everyone's hitting out of a four foot circle right um everything funnels down to that bottom area you have that that very comfortable normal kind of bunker shot out of it there's none of those weird lies where one foot's out or you know you're trying to fight for a stance you know to hit something out um so that kind of played to that kind of more of a everyday kind of course feel um in my book i agree i i understand that you know the going and looking through some pictures and, and just thinking about it with all of the visual deception that we got at Tobacco Road that morning and all of the the Donald Ross just mastery of Southern Pines and Pine Needles down there, this was a course that was – you saw where the trouble was. Now, to Matt's point earlier, the bunkers there were as smartly placed as anywhere, kind of traditional notions of – take one side of the fairway away here's the trouble don't hit it you idiot um and you know they had there was a little bit of variety to the bunkers just thinking back some of those greenside bunkers had big grass faces but again they were flat bottomed if you hit into it your ball um you know it had a little bit of a scottish feel to it i guess because it had that instead of being revetted face it was a grass face but it was a vertical wall 
but with a nice flat bottom that you could get out of. And it was high quality, newish sand. It wasn't dirty. Um, you know, there were there were colors of green at Talamore's new course that we didn't see. You don't see anywhere else down in the sand hills. It doesn't have that brown as beautiful vibe. That is a, a very manicured. I, I think that's a way what you're saying from resort course is that yeah. the presentation is just different than what you get elsewhere. You've got wide, relatively wide playing quarters. Yeah, it's it, there are trees, and I, Lord knows, I hit into enough of them. Um, but there, you could also play through them. You know, it wasn't the lost ball place. Um, it was the greens were big, but not intimidating. I think 18 might have been the most severe green that tilt down to the from the clubhouse down to the lake may have been the most severe of any of the greens on the entire course and I'm not saying it's an outlier but it's a little bit different i mean it's just the most severe version of what we saw all day um i thought the it was the cleanest course as far as clean sight lines you knew where you were going um i was less uncomfortable there standing over my ball or visualizing a shot than i think i was anywhere else you know it was um part of that maybe is because it's nice and soft you know, the middle of the middle of the summer, not in a tropical rainstorm. Maybe I'd have a different impression. But um, just to kind of your guys' points, uh, I thought there were some very cool. To Fred's point, that you could find that course just about anywhere uh, that you could find a nice golf course. There were, I think, probably that course had the fewest standout memorable holes on it. You know that for me. It, Okay, one, you've got that big par five. Um, there was the the par three that you could come at from alternate tees. I mean, that was a pretty cool concept, it, but it looked kind of like the same hole in both directions, if I recall. Two big bunkers right in the front and a, a severely sloping green. So you're going to get a similar experience whichever day you're playing. You know, But after that, man, it's a, a lot of really nice, really manicured holes with, um, again, swing hard with the driver most par fours and all the par fives if i'm wrong if i'm misremembering uh go ahead and speak up no i don't, I don't, no, know, that, I don't, I don't so. know that you're wrong um you know i i think there were i think there were some memorable holes especially toward the end again i at southern pines the end i thought was was good um but wasn't as good as the middle i thought talon were finished really well 16 is deceptive as hell where you hit a shot it, it slopes right to left but doesn't look like it and so i remember i ended up way down on the left after hitting a shot that i thought was really good and once i got there i realized down on the left is not where you want it to be um so i it, you know that was that was tricky 17 that's the whole thread where you had some fun in the bunker multiple times and then hold out um I thought, you know, a really well, I and mean, that that bunker wasn't wasn't five feet wide, and you found the middle of it because it was in the in the perfect spot. And then eighteen is eighteen is a gorgeous finishing hole, I think, where it, you've got that lake, you got to carry, you can push it off to the right and give yourself a longer, you know, a safer tee shot with a longer, um, you know, approach, or you can try to get over the the far side of it, and you know, if you're like me, you don't quite do it and then you're taking a drop and have a shorter approach um i i thought the the end of that course was very memorable yeah in the middle you get a little bit of back and forth with undulating fairways on long par fours or par fives that are probably interchangeable um they're they're not going to stick out to me i like some of the they had a couple of Scottish style, you know, middle of the fairway bunker. There's no earthly reason there should be a bunker there. <laughs> right. Except it's just sitting right in the damn middle of the fairway. Um, so, you know, I, there were little things like that that I remember probably more than, say, the whole, you know, a, a particular hole for that middle stretch. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the kind of the beginning and the end were the strong points of that course. I can see that. You know, there I think what you just said really captures it well. There are certain features, there are certain, you know, looks that I that I take away from that. Not necessarily any hole that I would be excited to play again, T to green. You know, there are, are you know, there's an approach shot or a, a difficult uh, drive around a dog leg or something that I I remember those, but I don't I don't connect it all the way through. And there were 
you know, is a very modern golf course. There's some containment mounding in between the holes um, that you'd find anywhere. The ones where there was a little bit more irregular with maybe some humps or uh, I know there's an uphill, short uphill par four on the front somewhere. I thought that was a really neat hole. It was kind of a it had a little bit of a bowl to the fairway, but it was a pretty steep angle up to the, the green, which was just an interesting shot after a you know forced carry, something like that. But um, I do remember that it had pretty good use of closely mown areas around the green. I mean, there were some balls that tumbled. The, the, green, the rough around the greens was not thick. It was mowed down, so you could, if you missed or if you came up a little bit short, you were going to be deflected away and then be left with one of those impossible, okay, am I, am I picking this clean off a tight lie? Am I putting? Am I putting with a hybrid? You know, so there were some decisions there, but maybe much less so than you'd get at a, you know, at a, a sandier browner course um if that makes any sense apparently fred you spent some time in the bunkers there um was that again were those bunkers you felt like you had played before was that kind of what you you mentioned you could well i had actually forgotten about that this fiasco until matt just brought it up (laughs) um i i I had actually been in several bunkers that day I, i guess now um I was in a couple fairway bunkers, as we said. Those those bunkers were placed in um, in strategic places, right? If you wanted to kind of go around a corner, um, that's where a bunker was, right? Um, I, I I typically like where they where bunkers are put in the correct places. Um, a lot of times, you know, courses don't have that anymore. People, you know, are able to kind of fly those at will sometimes. Um, but I found, um, you know, several fairway bunkers and I felt as though I, I got out of the fairway bunkers relatively well. I was in a couple of greenside bunkers. I think I got out relatively well. And then of course the one Matt was talking about was that one little tiny pot bunker right in front of that green. And I got in there and I think I hit it three times and it rolled back to my feet. And then luckily it, it rolled in onto the fifth, the fourth shot. So <laughs> story of my life. It seems like it should be harder than it was. You know, just if you, they've got a little GPS flyover app, and I'm looking back at some pictures, and you know, there's some small forced carries uh, off the greens, and you do have to move the ball, you know, one way or the other to be effective. But you don't have to move the ball just to get around the course, which is, again, adds to that resort course feel that I don't know that we've seen much of anywhere else down there. If uh, you know, even Pinehurst, which is of course a huge golf resort, Pinehurst number one was yeah, you had wide landing areas for your your shots, but those greens were just evil. Um, yeah. And this was this was a decidedly not evil golf course. <laughs> um, I'm di- I'm disappointed we were there in a storm. Um, if you're not aware, Talamore is the place that has llama caddies available. Uh, you know we. We saw the llamas, one of the tee boxes. Um, I think it's maybe for a par three. Is it right there by kind of the, the llama pin? And luckily they didn't come out and spit or you know yell at us that day. But um, under better conditions, that might have been something I would have considered. Um, I'm sure John Mark would have made my life very, very bad. I probably would have felt bad for the llama at the end of the day for some reason that had nothing to do with the llama. Um Probably would have been a fun course for a fin cycle. You know, big, you're not gonna. Nothing was hidden on that course. You know, you 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 can see where the trouble is. You can see where not to go, where not to drive. Um, you could just kind of relax and and set it on cruise control on a course like that. So, any other thoughts? Any other memorable? You said you guys had you know two mid handicappers and a high handicapper making the way around without too much trouble. That's the the gist of it. Yeah, I thought it was super enjoyable. I mean, I think uh, I think all of our match uh, didn't we tie every match? We were all Matt? yeah across yeah. three different guys. We were all square in all matches. Yeah. yeah. So um, and we all made you know incredible par saves. I believe I I think we made all par saves on the last hole. Oh, or no, close to it. No, mine was a bogey, thanks, because I dropped oh, yeah. in the water. Yeah, I, I, I forgot. Yeah, you forgot that, I'm sure. Yeah. So, hey, you brought up the bunker. I'm bringing that up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Southern Pines, with its elevated greens, is, you know it has good bones. You can see that it can be something special. 
Talamore is immaculately conditioned, and would you ever raise your hand and say, hey, let's add that to this trip if we were going back to the Sand Hills? That's kind of the moment of truth of, of the Talamore new course experience. I absolutely would. I wouldn't hesitate. And the reason is because it is an incredibly comfortable course. And I think there's there's always room in a golf trip for me, on especially when you've got, in our case now, nine guys that vary from, you know, whatever ridiculously low handicap Mark Phillips is currently carrying to, you know, somebody in the upper 20s. Um, you know, a place where everybody can go out and feel comfortable. And, you know, if they play well, they'll score well. If they don't play well, they won't score well, but it won't feel awful. Um, just that kind of comfort level to me. I, I think there's always a place for just a really nice, even if it doesn't look like Pinehurst. And that was the biggest complaint anybody had when we got done. You know, some some of the grumpier members of our of our nine-some were, you know, oh, this is, you know, you could have found this anywhere, blah, blah, blah. But that was literally the worst thing anybody could have said. Um, and I, you know, if that's the case, if the worst thing you've got is this looks like it could be in a different place, I'd go back there. Fred, I put it to you. Would you ever raise your hand and, and fight for Talamore to be included on a on a trip to the Sandhills? It, because it's important that it's in the Sandhills. Um, I don't know if I would fight to, to go back and play again. Um, I would I would go back, but I I think that there is probably a course down there that we could that would that would fit uh, fit my eye a little better um, for that trip. But to Matt's point, um, it 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 does fit a group very well right um a a large group i think that that's kind of um kind of the place that you're looking to go just for that playability factor for for the entire the entire breadth of the 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 group that you have and if you have your choice play it in bad weather because apparently the members there they don't want rain they don't want wind 60 degrees is too cool for them in the summer, so you can, again, I can't emphasize enough how nice it is to play golf on an empty golf course, to make it your own playground. So I have a question. How many holes did you get rain on, Dave? (laughs) Somewhere back there uh, in the back, I want to say maybe 15 through 17, 15 through 18, we caught some rain back there. Drizzle was off and on. Um, kind of around the turn, but yeah, it, it came down on us pretty good on 17 there. We were scooting around pretty well. Like we were well, we were the first group and we were out in front by a couple holes and I think it only rained on us on 18. Right, Matt? Yep. Yeah. Um, now it poured like the Dickens in the parking lot. Now <laughs> that's a different story. That's, we had that around the 17th tee. We were a little slower. I I was with um, John Mark and Brian, and there were some circle eights and some some swing, swear, repeat <laughs> um, type experiences. The the wheels the wheels of the bus did not align in the same direction. That was almost an easy money coming home. Um, there because I could just keep it in play. I think I lost one ball and it was on a, that long. I think it was on sixteen. No, whatever that long par three is on the back. Um, mm-hmm. I think I hit hybrid and tried to kill it and just put it straight into the woods. Um, but yeah, otherwise it was just a really enjoyable course. Uh, but yeah, a little bit of rain. Again, there was a what we were talking about earlier. There was a I don't know if it was member appreciation or what, but the staff had put together. They'd smoked their own barbecue and had this big meal prepared, um, advertised for members of the the community and members of the course. And they were an hour or so into the posted time, and there wasn't a soul there. Like even the marshals and the rangers had left. So they just kind of looked at us and were like, they they, they were working for tips at that point, and we were happy to tip them for. 
you know, barbecue, some sides, and, uh, you know, buy your own drinks at the bar. Uh, not a bad way to end a, a day, soaking wet or not. Sure sure beat anything we were going to find takeout in the middle of a pandemic in Southern Pines, North Carolina. No offense. We love you, North Carolina. I think I think it's a beautiful example of you go down to this area, Southern Pines, Pinehurst area, you could find things that are incredibly different and yet both incredibly fun in their own ways. And that's, I think, the, the perfect example of what Pinehurst gives you. you. There's so many different options and yet all of them are fun in their own way. I think both guys got these courses right. Talamore is a pleasant golf course, forgiving, but full of strategic intrigue, consistent with what I've experienced at other Reese Jones designed or renovated golf clubs. But when the rest of your experience around Pinehurst consists of courses that scream to you, hey, this is the Sand Hills, Talamore kind of sticks out for not doing the same thing. Southern Pines is a course that gets a little better each time you go around it. It has bent grass greens that aren't really Donald Ross designs anymore, as time and renovations have removed some original features, though those are likely going to get a long look during this current Friends renovation. The routing, though, and the tough questions that the course asks get more fun and can be a little better understood with each successive round. Again, don't be fooled by the scorecard yardage. It exacts a brutal toll for any lapse in judgment or execution. And with that, I thank you for stopping by for this episode of the Blind Shots Podcast. Head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review for the show. Little known fact, each time someone leaves a five-star review for this serial masterpiece of a podcast, Titleist gets one step closer to releasing their long-awaited Pro V2 golf ball. Hope you've enjoyed what you've heard here today. If you didn't like what you heard, I'm sorry. I can't do anything about it now, but I will try to do better next time, I promise. And I hope you will join me again next time here on the Blind Shots Podcast. Most importantly, I hope you're being safe and smart and sane out there. It's 2021, and it's going to be a great year for golf. So stick to your training routine, do decide to go for it, and take dead aim. Now, we are, we are glossing over the fact that um, Fred May has a dot matrix impersonation. <laughs> I didn't realize that anyone anywhere, you know, had that going on, but... Uh, <laughs> there you go. I'm old. <laughs>